Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Jesus Christ, not through legalism, not through works, but through his grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the truth of God's word. So whether you're a grandma, a student, a stay-at-home mom, an entrepreneur, a coffee lover, or a tea drinker, you are welcome here. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is Charity. So glad you're here. Wow. Okay. So when I posted the last podcast, I realized, man, this is a lot longer than I had planned. So this is going to be a lot shorter. And it's going to be kind of a micro session. I realize some of us have like no time. So I'm going to start dissecting things into smaller bits and hopefully posting more often. And if not, then twice a week will be what I do. But I'm really striving to keep these at 20 minutes or less. Some topics will go longer, especially if there's going to be interviews. And if you don't have time, but you're enjoying or really learning or just being affirmed, like, yes, I can do this. This is the community I want to be a part of. I want to raise the bar in my life. Then split it in two. I There's a couple of podcasts I absolutely love. And I I have to split them in two because they're like an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm fitting this in my day. But we're so happy you're here. I say we. (laughs) Like there's 20 people hanging out with me in the studio. We're so happy. Um, I'm so happy you're here. But we as the community of Christian women and men, there are actually probably going to be some men who listen to this if they can't find sound doctrine somewhere else. And and. And I'm just glad everyone's here because it means that we as a community are sharpening each other, leading others into the faith and just the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Today, I really want to hone in on one key idea uh, in the Bible. Obviously, that's not my idea. It's God's idea. And, And I've heard it called many things. But I think how what I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna read something I wrote to kind of keep my thoughts focused, and then we'll springboard from there. And I, I like to call it a realignment. Some people I heard a pastor just the other day call it a cross contamination. That's a lot of terms we're hearing nowadays. But this realignment of priority, this purging, this purity, and the purity movement I hope to see is one that is pure Christianity. I realize there will always be things we fuss over. We fuss over the way we worship. We fuss over the way we, um, maybe we conduct the order of service. We, we, we fuss over those of us that are far more creative, have this urge to move, have this urge to praise the Lord, have this openness in worship. Some people will, will judge that and say, oh my gosh, you know, the, what's their intention? God can only judge our intention. However, I do believe that the majority of churches, no matter what the, um, in America, I don't know where you're listening, in America, we have a lot of denominations. I've met from most all denominations, people who are rooted in faith, love Jesus, are following with a pure heart. They're the the God that we all serve. And yet their expression or maybe their traditions are different. Do I think in every church, there is something that can be cleaned out and realigned? Yes, I would say that's true of every single church in America because it's run by humans. I believe though, that if our focus is not, eh, we're all humans, 
if it's truly to continue to open the closets where we stuff all the stuff and clean the house out and we seek the Holy Spirit, I, I believe God is working. So when I say a realignment, I, I don't want anyone to be mis mis understanding me and saying that maybe our traditions are different. I mean, a, a, a realignment of our hearts. God is a judge, a judger of our heart. He judges every individual and part of our leadership call, ladies who are listening, you are a leader in your sphere of influence, even if it's two people, is to realign our heart with that of the Lord. And right now, I think a lot of people's hearts are hard and stubborn and selfish. Because that's the culture we live in, is justification, stubbornness, and self. So let me read this to you. Every Christian should be able to give an account of why he is a Christian. That's D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. So why are you a Christian? What do you know about Christianity that has led you to be a follower of Christ? And what are you doing to follow Christ every day? What distractions are keeping you from truly loving those around you and serving him? What we need is a realignment of priorities. So often we live our lives as Christians seeing nothing but a set of rules. In truth, what we need is a shift in thinking entirely. Instead of walking as close to the edge of our sin or cultural acceptance as possible, we must see God and only want God's best. The challenge is that our world is full of distractions and constant marketing. The world wants us to see something else as more important. But the Bible is very clear on this. God is to be the center of our world, not the world he created. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your door and on your gates. Okay, that was again De Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. This was repeated by Jesus in the New Testament when a lawyer asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Mark 12, 30 adds on one more layer saying, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So there are three parts to what we need to see God. Our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. Not just our money or what we watch on TV, all of it. The very essence of our lives is centered around God, what we desire, who we love, what we think about, what we consume mentally, what we work towards, all of it. That's the key to being a true follower of Christ. God doesn't want you to follow the rules. He wants you to follow him. He doesn't want your time, your money, your stuff. He wants all of you. He wants you. And if you give him all of you and seek him alone, all the rest will come along with it. Following Jesus is not an obligatory life full of to-do lists. It's surrendering all of your whole self in all that you do and desire. Francis Chan put it this way, the Christian faith is not about setting up some ideal of perfect behavior, but of connecting with God humbly, listening to him, letting him order our priorities and living out his passion for the needy. Our faith in Christ changes us. A true faith, a living faith has the natural outworking of good works and good works, no matter how good, can't produce authentic faith. Faith is always a gift and never earned. Friends, we need a living faith, not a dormant list to follow. No hollow words of guilt. We need to carve out a relationship with the living God and have him breathe life into every area of our lives, killing the yearnings of our rebellious nature. We need to understand that there's a 100% chance we will die. No one is excluded and that we will pass into the rest of our eternity. And when we die, we will be somewhere else. 
Where we will be is up to the decision and choices we make as humans. It is in these decisions that we'll either plant seeds of regret, rebellion, dishonesty, pride, and for some, demonic activity. Or it is in these decisions that we will plant seeds of chosen love, intentional relationship, joy, loving honesty, forgiveness, and truth. In either case, our decisions will be a mirror of the God we serve, either the God of this world or of our Heavenly Father. And these decisions with the domino effect of consequences will weave a tapestry that will become our legacy. What will your legacy leave behind? Will people remember the savvy marketer you were or the number of Instagram followers you had? Or will people know you as a person who led their grandma to Christ and changed the course of an entire family? Will you be known as a loving, honest person who changed an entire community? Or will you be known as a person who simply blended into the crowd and made everyone not mad? Will you be known as a devout parent, loving brother, compassionate sister, giving friend, or follower of Jesus? Or will you be known as the one full of anger and hate that spewed political divisive rhetoric to seem somewhat relevant in a world around you that was dying? No matter what you choose, you will be known by God. Do you want to be one who loved him and obeyed his commands or one who sought earthly gain? Will you be known as one who loved him and obeyed his commands or one who sought earthly gain? In any case, your life will pass. Your breath will breathe its final breath and you will pass from this earth. And that is why we must slough off the cultural lies so that, that we have brought into our lives, our families, and the church. We must choose to love with passion, honesty, and accountability. We must no longer use the excuse of tolerance or choice to stay silent and allow sin to permeate the people who are called to be the bride of Christ. So ask yourself, are you ready to get rid of the lies in which you have allowed in your mind and in your heart? Ask the Holy Spirit to expose these things in your life that need to change. It does none of us any good to see sins in others while still living in sin ourselves, nor does it do others good for us to simply say we have no right to tell fellow Christians they're following cultural opinion to guide their lives rather than the word of God. Our lack of conviction and obedience is an epidemic that Christ gave a cure for over 2,000 years ago. All we need to do is enact it in our lives. Okay, that was an excerpt from a book that um, I've written. I'm actually editing it, which I'm going to be perfectly frank, is far more tedious. But, but I wanted to hone in on my thoughts. And I wanted to keep this clear and focused today. So that's why I read and rather than talked to you about that. Here's our challenge. And it's kind of twofold. Number one is distraction. I believe we live in a world of constant distraction. And those distractions have become so much a part of our rhythm that we are no longer taking the time to filter what's coming into our lives as good and of the Lord or not good. It is really black and white in God's kingdom. But we live in a culture that says, no, nah, well, it's kind of gray. I mean, it's not, it's not really black. I think it's a charcoal gray. We, we, we have these voices that, 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 that go against God all the time, and we don't take the time to filter them out. We shove our kids in front of television that is absolutely 100% desensitizing them to things that are evil or at the very least narcissistic and self-centered and, and not true. And we just, eh, and we let it go because why? We've got better things to do than sit and raise our children or to teach them that these things are bad and why we can't watch the same shows as our friends. We have to choose who we are following every day. And here's the great news. I heard someone say this, and I, I apologize. I don't remember the name of the person. The Christian walk is an open book test. 
literally an open book test. If you ever took a test in high school or middle school and they were like, okay, for this test, you can, you can keep your books open. I remember being amazed at that. I remember being like, are you joking me? I would look around the room, like seriously, like I was breaking the rules. I'm like, is she kidding? I can keep my book open? Yeah, just open book. And they may take a little longer if you don't know the information. If you didn't actually study, you're looking through the book. But friends, this is an open book test. Not only that, but the teacher will sometimes walk past your desk and tell you the answer. If you just raise your hand, they'll come over. The Holy Spirit will come and be like, oh no, it's answer C. Are you kidding me? Am I a perfect person? No. Are you? No, but God is, and he will tell you the answer to life's tests. It's open, It's just, but you got to open the book to take this weird, weird thought that is like, I'm going to close my book and challenge myself and see how much I know. Are you stupid? Honestly, yeah, we are. I can't tell you how many times I've shut that book and gone, I got this, don't you worry, I'm going to ace this thing. I don't really need to look in the book. And then you get to all these things on the test that you've never read about before, or you're not sure, and then you don't know what to do. Or you say, oh, the Bible's not culturally relevant anymore. Well, open it up. Learn about some of those crazy, crazy places that offered child sacrifices. Hello, America and our abortion laws. They were sleeping with prostitutes at temples. And the disciples actually had to say, hey, not supposed to do that anymore. Hello, pornography. I mean, there are things that we have in our world that we're like, well, they don't have what we had back then. They don't have anything different than we had today. The access just changed. That's it. The justification changed. The cultural nuances and speaking terms and catchphrases changed. But the sin hasn't changed since the Garden of Eden. And that is the narcissistic, self-centered me, me, me. You can't tell me what to do, God. I can imagine a better way, God. So I'm going to do it my way because in my imagination, this is so much better. I just want to encourage you today. You, as one believer, can change a community. If you lead people out of the sin they are in, not by condemnation, but by honesty. And showing them the same key to life, this open book that God has given us and say, whoa, where in the book is that? Where in the book is this? And I do understand that there are times God is out of a box. I'm not saying we box God in, but I am saying we read his word and we clean out in our lives what is impure. And, and I'm here to tell you, it's going to not be as fun for you to give up some of that stuff in the beginning as it absolutely will be a month in, two months in. The human body has to detox from anything a minimum of 21 days to lose the craving for it. That's a minimum. You have to change your habits. You have to often change your friendship group. You have to change everything that brought that addiction into your life. That's the fancy word for sin we like to use. We call everything an addiction addiction. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to food. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to pornography. Okay. It sounds so much more, number one, unovercomable and number two, acceptable. Oh, well, it's not really my fault. You guys, I'm addicted to this. Oh gosh. I'm so sorry. I know. Right? No, it's sin. We choose to sin. I've been there. I, did I do drugs? No. I didn't do any of the bad stuff. I'm air quoting. You can't see me. I'm air quoting. 
but I was absolutely addicted to sugar. I was absolutely addicted to food. I was absolutely addicted to my attaboys, my my successes. I was addicted to working, task-oriented, task-driven life. And I still struggle with those things. I got to be honest with you. I am very good about what I put in my body, but I'm not good at stopping when I'm full. God calls me out on that a lot. So we all have sins. And that seems to someone who maybe is listening to this that has a legitimate addiction to pornography or a legitimate addiction to drugs or a legitimate addiction to something that's that's far more harmful. I know that sounds petty. Well, good for you. That must be really hard. But the sin that we have in our lives, God is just as powerful to cut off any sin in your life. I don't care how big it is, how long it's gone on, if we simply repent, come to him, open his word, change our habits, and discipline ourselves to get into community with him and other believers that hold us accountable. Because human nature isn't going to go away with one prayer of asking Jesus into our heart. We're still human beings. But if you develop a relationship with him and open this word and get in the word and meet with an accountability group... Some people like to call that a Bible study and you really dig in. And if you can't find one, you start one because ladies, that's what we're called to do. So that's all I wanted to talk about today is this realignment of priorities we have to have. We have to have it. You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength, all of it. And you know what? It's okay to say, I can't do that because you know, God can. And again, open book text. You cannot see what I'm doing here. I am, I am, I am raising this paper that says open book test in front of my face. It's an open book test. You should do a dance. We get an open book test, but we have to know that we don't know everything that's in that book by heart. We have to constantly open it and remind ourselves, where's that answer? I don't remember photosynthesis. What are we talking about? we just flip through. It's all there. In some Bibles, there's tabbies and arrows and all sorts of stuff. I believe in paper. I don't know why. It gets in your muscle memory. You, you remember where the books are by feeling it. You, you might remember where you highlighted by going, whoa, 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 it's down here. And you remember in your mind where on the page it was. Some people are tablet people. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I, I will say most people I know, if they get a tangible Bible, it works better for them. That's just a pro tip. But you have got to understand We can do this with Christ as a community, believers challenging each other and calling things out. And it is time that we stop mamby-pambying, feeling weak, feeling unmotivated to be Christians. It's not about motivation. It's about discipline, discipleship, and following him. And you can do this. I am here to cheer you on. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for a group of women who are rising up above the cultural norm, even in the church, and saying no more no more sin, no more excuses, no more laziness. We can do this. We will open your word. We will get in the Holy Spirit. We will prioritize you over our Netflix shows. We will indulge in the love of our children the way you love them. We will stop being distracted. We will put our smartphones away, the ping pong ding dong life that we live. And we will follow you. And we will run with you and we will listen to the dreams that you have put in our heart. Not that we've put there, but that you have put there. And we lay our dreams in front of you and we ask you to sift through them and say, God, whatever's not of you, whatever's not your best, please show me and take it away and realign my dreams, realign my life to you and only you. Give me the bravery to open that business if I'm supposed to. But God, just show me so that I don't flounder around guessing. I will open this book. I will continue, continue to learn as this, these tests of life come up. 
and I will feel comfort in the fact that you have given me all the answers I need. If I would just stop, listen, call the teacher to my desk, and take my time. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, have a great day. 